All righty. Uh, Impact Girls Club. That is a um, youth organization here at Whitley Church, a youth ministry, uh, one of our many youth ministries. One of the, uh, well, thank you, Steph. Hurry. I love Steph, don't you? Makes me feel important. Autographs, I'll hang around for those after the service. Um, the economy, the economy. We're going to be talking about that. But before we do, uh, let me just tell you that one of the core values, Whitley Church, Lord help me remember this, Whitley Church is about five things, you know. We, uh, we have these core values that are very important to our church. Uh, the weekend experience, that's one of our core values. We want your church experience when you come to church to be something that um, is exciting, enjoyable, challenging. We want it to challenge you. We want you to leave uh, convicted of sin. We want you to leave excited about serving God. We want you to come to church on Sunday morning and, and say, uh, we want to bring our friends to this. Now, again, we have another church in Goldsboro that meets on Thursday night and Saturday night. We do the same kind of music. I preach the same sermon on Thursday and Saturday that I preach here on Sunday morning. How many of you have been to the bridge? You've been to the bridge. Awesome. Good, good. Um, the bridge is booming. It's growing. Let me tell you all a, a story. This is going to be hard for you to believe, but I'm telling you, it's the truth. Thursday night, I stood in front of the bridge congregation, and I said, guys, we got a challenge, and um, it is that our nursery is not large enough. It's not big enough here at the bridge. I love those problems, don't you? That's a wonderful problem. The, the worst problem would be if we had a nursery and nobody was in it. So we love a packed nursery. We love it. And um, so I said, I said uh, so you got to pray that something will happen that we can get some more space for our nursery here at the bridge. So they prayed, and Friday morning, the next day, Friday morning, uh, Jim Gilligan, who's our administrator here at the church on staff full-time, walked in my office. He said, oh, um, I wanted to tell you that I got a call that the business right next to the bridge is going to be relocating. <laughs> You know that little appliance place right there next door? Could that be more convenient for a nursery? And we are, I mean, you talk about an answer to prayer. That is an answer to prayer. Amen, amen. Thank God for that. And let's, let's pray for that business that relocated, that their business will triple and that God will just bless them. Uh, so we're, at the, we're in Goldsboro, and uh, we have reached a lot of uh, people who just can't come to church on Sunday. We have re uh, Good morning to you. Wasn't that sweet? Man, I love that. And uh, come, I want some kissing after church, so make sure you bring her up here. Um, and so um, we, um, I'm just jumping off. I've got eight, there goes a squirrel. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> ADD this morning. So, so. You know, we've reached a lot of people who, who can't go to church on Sunday. How many of y'all, when you go out to eat on Sunday, you really like it if somebody's there cooking food at the restaurant? You really like that? 
All right? So, so if they're going to be there, they can't be in church on Sunday. How many of you, if you need the emergency room, you really like it when you get there that there are actually doctors and nurses and people there on Sunday? And uh, we've been to the emergency room on Sunday, haven't we? And I've been the pastor of this church for almost 20 years, and so I've been to the emergency room many times on Sunday. My point is, everybody can't come to church on Sunday. And so we have met uh, as a huge uh, group of nurses at the bridge on Thursday night because they had to work Sunday. We have reached people who, who were looking for a church that was not so churchy, not so churchy, not so traditional, not so wrapped up in the fact that you've got to be in a certain family or you've got to dress a certain way or you've got to have a certain income or whatever. And so we've reached a bunch of those people. And actually... At the bridge, we've been averaging over 300 in attendance on Thursday and Saturday night. So we're going to continue that. We're going to continue the Thursday night service. It was just for the summer, but we're going to keep that going and just ride that wave on out. But here's the way we, here's the way we think at, the, at Whitley Church and the bridge. When can people come to church? That's when we're going to have church, when they can come. And so we have Sunday morning on Thursday night. We have Sunday morning on Saturday night. I mean, we have a Sunday morning service on Thursday night and Saturday night at the bridge, and you're welcome to come anytime. You're going to hear the same sermon you hear here on Sunday, okay? So we're all about your, your experience here on Sunday. And, um, and at the bridge on Thursday and Saturday. We want you to come to church, <clears throat> and we want you to say, i got to bring my friends to this. My friends will enjoy this. And so, so that's what we, we put a lot of emphasis on being ready for you on the weekend services. The other emphasis that we have is missions and outreach. We, we put a lot of emphasis there. Another emphasis that we have is connect groups, which could be one of our peer groups where you meet in homes, or it could be a group like our, we have two singles groups, driven and uh, connected and you can be in one of our singles groups. The choir is actually a connect group. Uh, they they uh, interact with each other more than just on stage and at rehearsal. Another group is our seniors who meet, the, the Golden Chosen, who meet uh, once a month. That's one of our connect groups. And so we believe in putting you in, sh in smaller settings so you can get to know each other. We don't have the traditional Sunday school here, so we know that we have to make up for that in another area, and the way we do that is through connect groups. And if you're not in one of the groups I just mentioned, then ask Pastor Andy. Pastor Andy is the one who was up here talking about the girls. Talk to him about getting in a peer group that meets in homes. We have groups that meet in homes. So talk to him about that. And look, we're, we're developing that ministry. So the first time you talk to him, if you don't get a call back in a couple of weeks or whatever, ring that bell again and just say, don't forget me, Pastor. I'm out here. I want to get in a small group because we're working to develop those groups and get those groups going, okay? And so we need some homes where we can have those groups. We need some leaders. So uh, be praying about what God might do through you there, okay? So, so um, we've got uh, Sunday, the weekend experience, that's a biggie, uh, missions and connect groups, kids ministry. Kids ministry is huge here at this church. As a matter of fact, we have an adult Bible study in here on Wednesday night, but that's just to teach the parents why we do kids ministry, okay? Because kids ministry, man, I'm telling you, that is a core value of this church. 
And what you saw, you really ought to find out what these girls did to get this award. You don't get this award by just coming to Impact Girls Club and getting 10 stars in a row for attendance. These girls memorized major portions of Scripture. I, I can't even tell you all the things they had to do. I wish I, I wish I knew more about that. And I have heard about it from the uh, leaders, but, but I don't even remember all the long list of things they had to do to receive this award today. It's like, it's like an Eagle Scout Award in, in, in Scouts. You know, it's just a ton of memorization and work to do that put them on this stage. And the volunteers and the leaders and the parents who work with our kids and develop them. And we know those hearts are tender and they're young. And we got to get Jesus in there and get that branded. Amen, amen. Y'all with me? That brand of Jesus in there. So when they go out in the world and they hear all these alternate belief systems that they'll be able to say, but I know what Jesus said. I know what Jesus said. And keep on the straight and narrow. Okay, so we believe in kids and then student ministry, and that's our teenagers. And um, Jared's doing such a great job there, and he's got a great leadership team that works with him. I believe they're about to switch from Wednesday nights to Sunday nights, so they'll have more fellowship time and more discipleship time and more time to really get connected because one hour on Wednesday night just isn't enough. So. Um, we just want you to know what our core values are, what we're all about. And you may come here from another church and go, well, my other church had this, or my other church had this, or my other church had this. Well, that's what, and we love hearing those stories. And hearing those stories sometimes have made us go, hey, man, that fits in with our core value. And so we've been able to do some things that some other churches are doing. But if we don't do that, just remember, every church has a calling just like every individual has a calling. I mean, if we were all called to be missionaries, there would be nobody here this morning. They'd all be gone. So we're all called to do different things, okay? And so Whitley Church, these are, these are the things that we place a lot of emphasis on. Um, just wanted to kind of talk to you about that a little bit and talk about who we are because the girls came up here and I, I just wanted you to know that, that just a ton of volunteer hours go in. I heard about a church that um, in Charlotte, have you ever heard of Elevation Church in Charlotte? Steve Furtick is the pastor of that church. Here's what he did one Sunday morning. He told all his volunteers to not be in their place on Sunday morning and just let everybody, and this church is like thousands of people. And everybody showed up, and there was nobody in the coffee shop, and nobody at the information desk, and nobody in the nursery, and nobody doing kids' church, because he wanted to show his congregation how to be thankful for the people who volunteer. So, so Whitley, let me just say to you, don't take for granted the ability that you have to walk in here and get that cup of coffee and drop that child off at the nursery and drop them off at the kids' church. and Just understand that, that people give hours, hours of their time to make that something that you can enjoy. And let me just say this. If you're not volunteering, come on in. Come on into the pool. And volunteer. We need ushers. We need 
kids' church. We need a lot of volunteers at the bridge right now because the bridge just grew a lot faster than we thought it would. So we need a lot of people at the bridge to get involved. And if you come to Whitley, you can volunteer at the bridge. We're one church. We just got several locations. And so um, think about that and get involved. And, and if everybody does a little bit, it means that nobody has to do a whole bunch. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? So, so think about that. All right. That's a free sermon. No charge for that. This one's going to cost you. All right. We're talking about money for the next four Sundays. <laughs> yeah. Money. I just love it. I know somebody's here going, I picked this church one time, and there he is up there talking about money. You know how many sermons I preach a year on money? Four sermons a year on money. And you just happen to be here today. Aren't you excited? Money talks, but sometimes it feels like God ain't listening. Amen? We're going to talk about what to do when the, when the economy stinks. What a difference a few years made, makes. Uh, y'all remember not lo so long ago, the economy was booming. You guys remember when my favorite hangout was the kangaroo? I did a lot of drinking at the kangaroo, drinking coffee with my buddies. And I remember sitting down at the kangaroo just a few years ago and looking at the News and Observer and the headline said, NASDAQ reaches 5,000. And now what is it? Is it even 2,000 now, the NASDAQ? I don't even, I don't know if it's even 2,000 now. Maybe a little over 2,000. And some of you who don't know what that is, it's just got to do with the stock market. So not so long ago, the economy was booming. Stocks were breaking records and consumer confidence was at an all-time high. And we all know what's happened since then. In the last five years, the economy has stalled. It's been, it's begun to sink and it's begun to stink. Let me give you some statistics. Um, <clears throat> not trying to get anybody depressed here today, but the outstanding national debt what our, what our country owes, the money we owe other countries, um, as of, I guess we might have got that, yeah, I think Friday, that's what we owe right there. That's what I say. <laughs> 11 trillion, a trillion is a thousand billions, and a billion is a thousand millions. Just thought I'd, just, you know, Help y'all see, eleven trillion seven hundred and ninety-four billion nine hundred and ten million four hundred and sixty thousand seven hundred and eight dollars and nine cents. And I've got the nine cents. If y'all will pick up the rest. <laughs> now the population of the United States of America is estimated at three hundred and six million. 855,446. So if you divide that into the 11 trillion, here's what each one of you owe. <laughs> Including your babies. All the babies in the nursery, they owe all this. To every, every American, as Pastor Jimmy says, every young American. <laughs> Pastor Jimmy, he's our kids' church leader, and he calls his kids over there young Americans. All right, here we go. I said, Pastor Jimmy, they're not all American. Um, 
So each citizen's share is $38,000. Okay. Our national debt has increased an average of $4 billion a day since September 28, 2007. Two years. For, two, for the last two years, the national debt has increased $4 billion a day. Here's what I love. One political party goes, here's what you need to do. This is exactly what we need to do, and if we will do this, we will be okay. And the other party says, that's not what we need to do. We need to do the opposite of that. You know why they say that? Because neither party really knows what to do. I'm telling you. And you might say, well, I lean toward the Democrats or I lean toward the Republicans. You better lean toward Jesus. I'm telling you, you better lean toward Jesus. Stop, shoot up one day, go down the next day. You know why? Because nobody knows what's going on. I'm telling you guys, you can see it in their eyes when the, when the news person goes, so why is this happening? And, and they put it over there in front of that senator and he's going. Because he don't know. He don't know what's going on. Nobody knows. We're in an energy crisis. Just five years ago, no one dreamed we would be paying the fuel prices we're paying right now. Do you know five years ago, we were paying a dollar less a gallon for gas five years ago than we're paying right now? I got to tell you all something. Do y'all remember remember, um, open air market on William Street in Goldsboro? (laughs) Who remembers that? Oh, open air market. I work there. I worked there. I was that. I may have taken your groceries out, some of you old people out there. Um, and uh, I was a bag boy, and then I was so good at bagging, I became uh, a stock boy. I moved up. I think it's like a quarter hour. On Fridays, I would get paid, and I remember my check was $48 and something every Friday. And I worked every day after school. And I had a little six-cylinder Mustang with a three-speed in it. And I wanted that Mustang to sound like the other Mustangs I heard, you know, with the muffler. Y'all remember the, the, the thrush muffler? Y'all remember that? And I, and I put one of those bad boys on there. On, but you don't put those on six-cylinders. And I'm running a rabbit right now, but this is a funny story, and I'm going to go ahead and tell it. And I sounded like a school bus. I am not kidding you, man. My Mustang sounded like a school bus, especially when I would gear it down. I was a red neck. And I went up and down William Street. Anybody been there? Woo! I don't know what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, When I would get off work, we would go down to a little station in the Belfast area where you put a dollar in. You remember those? And it would just take your dollar, and it would give you gas, and you could fill your car up with gas. And I would fill my car up for $4 and, like, 60 cents or something like that. And I remember one night a bunch of us boys were riding around together. All of us had our cars, and... One of us stopped to get gas, and the other ones lined up behind him to wait for him to get gas because we were all going somewhere, probably Fremont. And um, 
<clears throat> go see the dead guy waving the light, you know. And uh, uh, there ain't much to do, y'all. I'm telling you. <laughs> Laugh if you want to. Um, never did see him, but we put a dollar in that machine, and it it kept giving gas, and being the godly boys we were, we filled up all our cars. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jesus. Please forgive me. And, uh, so we're in the middle of an energy crisis in America, and for the first time in a long time, they're more pessimist about the future economically than there are optimists. And with each passing day, more and more people are deeply worried about the economy. What did Jesus say? I mean, I know what Fox News says, and I know what Fox Financial says, and I know what CNBC says, and I know what MSNBC says, and I know what CNN says, but what does Jesus say about the economy? Here's what Jesus said. Matthew 6, 31 through 33. This is from the Living Bible. So don't worry. So don't worry. Let's stop right there. Everybody say, don't worry. Let's do it again. Ready together? Don't worry. Now, if you're not going to do what Jesus says, worry. You need to worry if you're not going to do what Jesus says. But if you're going to do what Jesus said, you don't need to worry about this economy. Now, let's talk about what worry is. Here's what worry is. Worry is when you not only deal with the real problems of the day, you reach into tomorrow and take what could happen, because we don't know if it's going to really happen or not, but you take the negative stuff that could happen and you pull it back into today. Are y'all with me on that? Worry is when you say, okay, I got all my real stuff that I'm dealing with today, all my real stuff. He says it right here in the scripture. He says, there's enough cares in this day. You don't have to reach into tomorrow. But this is what we do. We reach into tomorrow and we figure and we think and we, and we say, this is going to happen. I know it's going to happen and it's bad. And, blah. and we pull it into the day and pile it on top of all the stuff that we really have. Am I making sense here this morning? Y'all with me? And when we do that, the Bible also says, I believe it's in the book of Psalms, that your frame as a human being was not made to handle that load. And that's why we break down. And that's why we fall apart. And that's why we lose it. And I'm going to just preach right here, and I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but that's why we're on medication. And that's why we, do, and I'm not saying everybody's on medication because of that. I know there can be some physical factors that cause you to have to be on medication. But I got to tell you, most people who are on medication to help them deal with all their troubles is because they reach into tomorrow and they bring it into today. And they pile what could happen. We don't even know if it really is going to happen. We pile what could happen tomorrow onto today. Jesus said, here's Jesus' policy about that. Stop. Stop it. Jesus said, don't worry at all about having enough food and clothing. He says, why be like the heathens? Why be like the people who don't believe in me and don't trust me? 
He's talking to his kids here. He says, don't be like them, for they take pride in all these things and are deeply concerned about them. In other words, people who don't know Christ, I mean, they're just all wrapped up in, you know, present stuff, present materials, materialism. He says, he says you're my kids. He said, you don't worry about that. And I've given you all this illustration before. What if you went to tuck your kids in at night and they were crying and you said, honey, what are you crying about? And they said, well, I'm not sure I'm going to have anything to wear tomorrow. And I'm worried that I won't have any clothes and I'm worried that I won't have uh, any food to eat. And I'm worried about that we're not going to have a home to live in. And you say to your child, you say, honey, good grief, you don't need to worry about that. Mom and daddy are going to see that you have clothes. And we're going to see you got something to eat. And we're going to make sure you've got a house to live in. Honey, don't worry about that. But we do that to God all the time. Our father looks down on us and we're crying and going all to pieces and freaking out. And God goes, I'm going to take care of you. Think about how much it would break your heart to see your child worried like that. When you know they don't need to worry. Because you know that you will you'll do whatever it takes to take care of them. You'll go without, won't you? To take care of them. And... and and we do that to God. And we break God's heart. And Jesus is brokenhearted right here. Jesus says, don't, don't be like the heathen. He says, your heavenly father already knows perfectly well that you need these things. That's exactly what you'd say in that bedroom to your little child. You know, honey, I know you need clothes. I know you need food. I know you need a house to live in, baby doll. Just go to sleep and don't worry about these things. Mom and Daddy are going to take care of you. That's what God the Father is saying to us right here this morning in the middle of this stinking economy. He's saying, I'm... St I mean, do y'all think you look at God and go, have you seen the News Observer right here, God? Right there, right there. I own that stock right there. See that line going straight down the page? That's the stock I own right there. You know, God, maybe you had not seen that. Stuff ain't good. And I know you're going to take care of me, but I need more than uh, communion bread and a little juice once a month. Amen? And God's like, man, I'm going to take care of you. Look what he says. He says, he... He knows you need these things, and he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life. A promise with a premise, a promise with a condition. I'm, I'm telling you, I didn't write it this way. God did. Here's what we want. We want God to make all kind of promises, but we don't want those promises to have any conditions. Matter of fact, if you listen to some of the TV preachers, they'll quote all the promises of God to you, but they don't ever tell you what the conditions are. The promises of God have a condition. Jesus said, I'm going to give you everything you need. He said, if you make me first in your life. He said, and not only if you make me first in your life, but when you live the way I've told you to live. He said, so don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live what? One day at a time. That's from the Bible. I love the message. Do you ever read the message? Can I just read this out of the message? 
Matthew 6, 31 through 34. Here's Jesus. Jesus says, what I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. To not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. Man, what a great verse right there. People who don't know God, Jesus says, and the way he works, they fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality. Stop, stop worrying about what the newspaper says and look at God's, God's reality, God initiative, God provisions. And here's what we do. We worry about this all the time and Jesus says, stop it. Stop worrying about the fact that you're going to miss out. That's what we really worry about. If you think about it, we worry that we're going to miss out. We worry that somebody's going to get something we don't have. And somebody's going to have something we don't have. You know what? God's blessed some of you. I mean, he's blessed you, blessed you, blessed you. But you can't even enjoy what he's blessed you with because you're so busy looking around at somebody who's got something you don't have. Have you ever met somebody like that? I met a guy the other day. He owns land. He owns all kinds of equipment. He's got money in the bank. Look, and he's at an age where he could never spend it off. He started spending like a crazy man right now. And he is so obsessed with people who have more than he has, he can't even enjoy what he has in his life. That's what Jesus is talking about right here. He said, quit worrying about the fact that you're going to miss out. Can I just do a little teaching right here? And I know what time it is, and I'm going to hurry up. But listen, guys, you're not going to miss out on nothing if you serve Jesus. I'm serious. I don't mean, I don't mean that Jesus is just going to put peace in your heart. I mean you're going to get some stuff. I'm just going to serve Jesus. If I can just get a little cabin in the corner of glory. I don't want a cabin. In the corner of glory land. You remember that song? If I can just get a cabin. I don't want a cabin. I want a mansion. Three chariot garage. Amen. Here's my point. Listen, listen. Let me just, and, and this may sound so stupid. It may sound so crazy. But one of the things Millie and I want to do, we want to go to Hawaii one day. Anybody, y'all been to Hawaii? Shame on y'all. I'm going to Hawaii one day, I want to go on a cruise to Alaska. Amen. Y'all with me out there? Let's just dream about that. Okay. Now listen, listen. If I don't go in this life, I'm going to go in the next one. Because Jesus is coming back to this earth, and he is going to set up his rule from Jerusalem. And it's going to be for a thousand years and Satan will be bound. He won't even be able to do anything. He'll be bound for a thousand years. Jesus is going to come back. See, Hawaii's nothing right now to what it's going to be when Jesus comes back. Because when Jesus comes back, he is going to restore the earth back the way it was before Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. Everything was perfect. I'm going to Hawaii. I may not go in this life, but I'm serious. I'm not kidding you. And look, according to what I'm reading in the scripture, when that, when that time comes of that thousand-year millennial reign and Jesus is ruling from Jerusalem, a lot of y'all have never heard this kind of teaching. You're like, are you sure this is going to happen more sure than I am that I'm here this morning? You know how I'm going to get to Hawaii? I'm going to go think about it and end up in Hawaii. 
beam me up. Scotty. <laughs> Amen? I'm going to go, baby, I'm going to France. Be back tonight. You know, I'm telling you. I'm, here's my point. Here's my point. If you will serve Jesus, you will never miss out on anything. But if you follow your flesh and you follow the plan of the enemy for your life, you will miss out on everything. Jesus said, stop it. Matthew 6, 31 through 34, he said, don't worry about missing out. He said, you're going to find all your everyday human concerns will be met. He says in verse 34, <laughs> excuse me, verse 34, I apologize. Give your entire attention to God. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about all that may or may not happen tomorrow. This is Jesus talking to us. Stop getting worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come when they come. Quit reaching into tomorrow and go, well, that can happen and that can happen and... and you know, that could happen. Oh, anything could happen. Look, I worry. You worry. All of us worry to a certain degree. It's just human. But listen, when it plagues your life to the point that you're loading so much on yourself, God never intended you to carry the thoughts and the worries of tomorrow today. He said, you'll have enough of God to meet those tomorrow as they come. And a whole ton of stuff that you've worried that's going to happen is never going to happen. Wasted energy, wasted time. Let me close with this. The Lord says, if you want freedom financially, if you want to get out of debt, if you want his blessings on your finances, he says there are five things you got to do. And I'm going to give you one of them this morning very quickly. He wants you to dedicate everything you own to him. He wants you to dedicate everything you own to him. Now, notice what I did not say right there. I did not say he wants you to give everything to him. And I know some of you right now are going, thank you. <laughs> thank God. Because <laughs> you thought I meant give. I'm not talking about give. He wants you to look at your cars, your trucks, and say, Lord, I dedicate them to you. I dedicate them to your glory, your honor. I wouldn't have them. They're not even mine. How many of you know you're going to go to heaven just like you came, naked? Now, there's a difference in naked and naked. If you're naked, you ain't got no clothes on. If you're naked, you ain't got no clothes on and you're up to something. All right? <clears throat> That, I don't even know why I told that. That's just, <laughs> I, I, I just told that because it's funny. <laughs> uh, but you're going to go to heaven just like you came. You came into this world with nothing. You're going back with nothing. All the stuff you got right now, all the stuff you got that you've gone. <sighs> don't you touch it. Don't you touch my stuff. Don't you touch my stuff. 
Get back to my stuff. Some of you are laughing, but you're really like that about your stuff. Somebody told me they, they had a small group meeting at their house, a Whitley Church small group meeting at their house, and somebody parked one of the tires on somebody else's yard, and they came out of the house. Get off my land. Get off my yard. Get your car off my yard. Man, you need to call the crazy wagon to come get people like that. I mean, there are people like that who, who just, I mean, they just freak out because it's a, let me tell you something. They're going back to heaven just like they came. If they make it to heaven, they're going just like they came. Every, all that stuff you own, all that stuff you polish, all that stuff you vacuum, all that stuff you dust, all that stuff you maintain and repair and work on and take your day off and just keep it so pretty, every bit of it, you're going to leave it to somebody else. We'll spend five or six hours manicure, and that's okay. You know, I, I like a pretty yard, and I like, a, but we'll spend all those hours manicuring all this temporary stuff and not even five minutes a day talking to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? So we're talking, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to consecrate your vehicles to God. I want you to look in your bank account, and I want you to consecrate that to God. And God, every penny of savings, every penny I got in a CD, every penny I got in any kind of stock, everything in my retirement, God, I, I don't give it to you. He doesn't want you to give it to him. He hasn't asked you to give it to him. He just wants you to dedicate it to him. And, and he wants you to say, God, it's yours. It's all yours. It's just what I get to use down here while I'm down here. I just get to use it while I'm down here. And he wants you to just dedicate it all to him. As a matter of fact, what you need to do is you need to get with your family and you daddies need to step up right here and be the spiritual leader in your house and you need to get with your family and you need to gather with your family and you need to, you need to have a list made of the stuff and let your children and let your wife hear you pray a prayer of dedication over every material possession you own. And your children need to hear you say, it's not mine, it's not ours, it's not ours. God, it came from your mighty hand. It came from your mighty hand. And God, we, we give it back to you. We give it back to you. See, now a lot of times when a preacher's preaching like this, it's because at the end he's going to put his hand in your pocket. I'm not going to put my hand in your pocket. This principle will work if you never come back to this church. This principle will work if you go, I don't like the music. I don't like a preacher that wears blue, blue jeans. And um, I don't like a preacher that don't wear a tie. And so I'm not ever coming back to this church again. That's fine. But I'm telling you, this principle will work when you go to the necktie church. It'll work wherever you go. You say, I don't even go to this church. That's fine. Use this principle where you go. Because when you dedicate everything to God and you say it isn't mine and, and the stuff you own, instead of holding it like this, you hold it like this. 
and you thank him for it every day and go, God, the food I ate today, the clothes I wear, the air conditioner I feel, the heat I feel, the car I drive, blah, 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 and just go on and on and on because you could go on and on and on with all the blessings he's poured into your life. It isn't mine. It isn't mine. It isn't mine. You've given it to me to use, and I dedicate it all right back to you for your glory. Use it any way you want to, God. Use it any way you want to. I'm telling you right now, when you get to thinking like that instead of it's mine, it's mine, it's mine, you know what? You can say it's mine, it's mine, it's mine all you want to, but you're going to leave it. It isn't yours. It's something you get to use while you're here. And when you get that spirit in you that says, God, I'm not even going to worry about tomorrow. You're going to feed me tomorrow. You're going to clothe me tomorrow. You're going to have, you, you said you'd meet my needs. I trust you, God. I'm going to stop worrying about this. Doesn't mean you're not wise or being wise or seeking good counsel or seeking good advice. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about this business of thinking that somehow if you gather it all in and you guard it, that you're not going to lose it. That's not going to help you keep it. What's going to help you keep it is when you get up every morning and give glory to the one who gave it that's what's going to give you peace in your heart when you accepted Jesus as Savior you accepted him as Lord when you accepted him as Lord you accepted him as Lord of all when you accepted him as Lord of all that meant all your wealth all your materialism What the Bible teaches us about money is for our benefit, not his. See, we have in the back of our mind, whether we really speak it out and say it or not, we have in the back of our mind that God's trying to get our money. And I know, boy, when you knew I was coming with this series, you thought, oh, boy, here we go, going to put their hand in our pocket and get our money, going to get our money. Man, I'm telling you, we are not after your money. I'm telling you right now. Matter of fact, God doesn't need one brown penny of your money. And if God did need it, guess what he'd do? He'd just take it. You go, oh, my money's in BB&T. He'll go, here's BB&T. Let me lift that up. How many of y'all know if God wants what we got, he can just go get it? I got my door locked. Everything you own is his. Matter of fact, look, it isn't your money he wants anyway. You know what he wants? He wants your heart. He wants you. You say, what's that got to do with my money? Where your money is, that's where your... Now, here's why Jesus said that. Because it's true. If you want to see what's important to Pharaoh Hardison... Look at my bank statement and my calendar. Now, I can talk all about what's important to me and what I really value and what's number one in my life, but I'm going to tell you what's going to show you what's number one in my life. Look at my checkbook and my calendar, and it'll tell you what my priorities are. And God says, dedicate that to me. Consecrate that to me. Give it to me. Dedication, consecration means to declare something and set it apart as sacred. Sacred. <laughs> the old blue bomber, my Buick. I need to go out there and put my hands on it and go, God, this is sacred. The blue bomber. That car 
has taken me over 100,000 miles on vacations and visits to the sick and visits to the hospital. And I've had very little trouble with that car. And I understand, you know, something as simple as that. It's his. It's his. Matter of fact, God's dealing with me about what to do with my old car. And I'm, I'm listening to him. I don't know what he's going to tell me to do with it. I, I was trying to sell it. Nobody wants it. <laughs> so I don't know what he wants me to do with it. <clears throat> but it's his car. The house me and Millie just moved in. It's okay with God that we have that house. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying you can't have a nice house. I'm not saying you can't have nice things. I'm not saying you can't have a big bank account. I want you to have a big bank account so you can give some of it to us. I want that for you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, it isn't mine, it's his. God doesn't, God doesn't say the poorer I can make you, the more spiritual you will be. Of course not. He talks all about success. Look what he says in Proverbs. Guys, put this verse up. Proverbs 3 and 6. Proverbs 3 and 6. In everything you do, put God first, and he'll do two things for you. He will direct you. Anybody need any direction in their life? He will direct you. And the second thing he will do is crown your efforts with success. That's awesome. Whatever you want God to bless, dedicate it to him. How about your kids? Do you ever, do you ever get up a little early in the morning so you'll have some quiet time before everybody else gets up and just say, God, you, I just bring my kids to you, God. I dedicate them to you. I don't think I understood this principle when I was bringing my boys up. I don't think I fully understood this principle. I, I wish I had done more of that. Where I get up in the morning and just dedicate my home and dedicate my, my, my vehicles, my clothes, my bank account, everything. And just dedicate it to God and, and say, Lord, I dedicate Brandon to you, Lord. And I dedicate. See, we think we come up here and we do a little dedication, a little organ music in the back. That's fine. you got to get up and dedicate those kids to God every day. And say, they're yours, God. They're your children. Thank you for giving them to me. And I love them more and I love my own life. But God, like Hannah, like Hannah of old, I bring them to you and I give them. You use them. You take their life. You use them, God. Dedicate your children. How about your marriage? When was the last time you said, God, I love you and I love my church, but God, we're just struggling in our marriage. When was the last time you just lifted your marriage up to God and said, God, I lift up. Or a relationship you're in. Or a friendship or, or your job situation. Maybe you got a boss that's a jerk. Or maybe you got people who you work with who are just hard to work with. Maybe you're hard to work with. I'm looking up here. I'm not looking down. So maybe you're hard to work with. Maybe you're the jerk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or maybe they all come to the second service. I don't know. But just say, God, I lift up my relationships to you. Hey, listen, listen. Are you sabotaging your relationships? You say, well, they just don't do me right. Are you the one who's sabotaging the relationship? Are you willing to look at yourself in the mirror and go, hey, is it me? I mean, you know, after a while when you go, something's wrong with that guy, and something's wrong with him, and something's wrong with him, and I don't know what's wrong with him, and something's wrong, it could be something wrong with you. Second service people, not y'all. Are y'all with me? 
Are you willing to take that honest look and go, God, I lift up my relationships to you. And if the reason I don't have good, strong, healthy relationships are because of me, will you please show that to me, oh God? We don't like to look at that, do we? We like to say the reason we don't have good relationships is because what other people are doing. It could be you, just a thought. I dedicate my career. I dedicate my finances. Listen to me. Whatever you want God to bless, dedicate it to God. Dedicate it to God. One more verse. Romans 12 and 1. Take your everyday... I love this version. I think this is the message. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. That's what I'm preaching on today. Now, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to stand. Everybody stand up. Thank you. Thank you for cooperating. Now, everybody move out and come up. And we're going to pray a final prayer right here, right now. Just give God five more minutes. Five more minutes, that's all. Once you get up here, we're just going to pray a prayer of dedication. We're done.